Welcome to the Arise Podcast. This is Tanya Anderson, CEO at Arise, and it's my pleasure to have back with us Connor McGow, who is our Adaptive Design Coordinator. Welcome, Connor. Thank you. Always happy to be here. Absolutely. Share the story a little. Absolutely. We, um, I think you were our very first podcast, and we talked about the Adaptive Design Program. And so for folks who haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that, Tell us really quickly, what is Adaptive Design? The Adaptive Design Program um, is developing solutions to barriers that can be caused because of uh, disability someone might have. And we're doing that using low-cost, just readily available materials, things that can be found at the local hardware store, um, and kind of anywhere, hopefully around the world, um, especially here in, in central New York. And we actually work a lot with uh, one material uh specifically, and that's industrial strength cardboard. Um, we're very fortunate to get that donated from a local cardboard manufacturer, Buckeye Corgate, and uh, and we do a lot with that. We do a little more um, out of 3D printing and some other electronics, and we're getting a little fancy there, um, but for the most part, just basic solutions um, that are affordable uh, for people with disabilities so they can achieve uh, any of their goals and aspirations and trying to make life a little easier. And it's such a great program, and it fits so completely with Arise as an independent living center. So these are people with disabilities, um, children or adults, but a lot of kids that come to you with a specific need, and your community of makers, we've got two staff and a lot of really Mm -hmm. talented volunteers that look at the situation, come up with a solution together with the people that come to us, and you create adaptive equipment that is specific to each person. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, two things you really hit the nail on the head with this is community. Uh, we're very community-based and, and specific to the individual. So um, we, like you had mentioned, are only two staff in there. It's myself and our fabricator, Tracy Fleming. Uh, other than that, it's all volunteers that are coming in and donating their time and we're very grateful to those individuals Um, we have clinicians physical therapists occupational therapists we have designers makers um, some engineers a lot of students that are coming in through different programs around the community uh, and helping out and learning while they're in there and then we also have the individual themselves which is a really unique fun thing is we're inviting the individuals who are requesting a specific adaptive piece of equipment in to build with us and to really be the head Uh, lead uh, individuals within their design team. They're telling us what they want, how they want to feel, fit, function, and where they're uh, just, you know, with the clinicians, make sure it's safe, making sure it's going to allow them to achieve their goal in the most efficient possible way uh, and safest way. And then, you know, helping them uh, with the skills in building that uh, a lot of our volunteers and our fabricator come with uh, to know how to make the equipment. Uh, But really we're, we're trying to just uh, be the ones behind the scenes making it possible, but the, the individual who's requesting is is the, the head person, the lead person, and it's a very empowering experience we find um, for the individuals and and allows them to kind of view uh, accessible equipment and what's achievable in their life a little differently right. um, when they leave. And, and that's what's very special about this. And each uh, piece of equipment is tailored specifically to the individual and it's each one of these is a one-off so um so we have equipment that might look similar because there's similar requests that come in but um each is yeah very very unique um and it's 
size, shape, and look to that to that one individual. Wow, and it's it's really such an amazing program because, as you said, it depends so much on a community, and the community has really grown in the short time that adaptive design has been part of a rise, largely through word of mouth, and we do our best to promote it. And I know you've been doing a lot of outreach lately. Can you talk about some of those projects? Yeah, so this summer we're, we've been busy and we're going to continue to be busy. A lot of new things uh, on the horizon as well. Um, so we've we've started working with MACNY's uh, Workforce Development And that's program. the Manufacturers Association Correct. of Central New York. Yep, you great. got that. Uh, Manufacturers Association of Central New York, they've been really um, great in, in connecting us with some of the schools where there's a lot of STEM-based um, training and health-based training that uh, fit right into our wheelhouse, kind of what we're doing here. And so uh, setting the students up to, to try uh, different projects, um, some that are real-world um, applications that are going to go to someone and others that are kind of hypothetical, could, but based off of what we see a lot here in the workshop and the kind of requests we might be dealing with typically. Um, but it gives them a lot of great experience and exposure um, to uh, both, you know, the STEM field and to uh, health and especially, you know, the disabled community. So that's pretty neat. So are these high school students or um, college students? Yep, or both? we're working with high school students right now. Um, okay. So we uh, were able to, uh, for a just a couple of weeks, uh, work with the uh, health P-TECH program out of Henninger, uh, and they have a medical assisting program uh, where those students are going to be, you know, working in the health field. And so um, we posed a project to them. They worked on it for about two to three weeks, uh, and then uh, throughout that time, touched base with us and and were able to ask us a couple questions, and we were give, able to give some guidance. And then they presented um, at the end of the month to us with uh, their. Uh, projects and it was it was really neat and it was uh something very different for them and they seemed to really enjoy it and, wow and we've got another one coming up um with itc so this will be the first time we're working with that school and their uh, more tech-based program uh for their p-tech uh program there as well uh, right. through the workforce development um so very similar scenario where we'll be working with them for uh, there's a little shortage it's a week, so we'll pose a, a kind of a tech-based problem um, that deals with adaptive equipment, um, and they have to research it and come up with solutions and then present those solutions to us. And so it gives them a lot of um, skills and, and that they have to, uh, to work on as far as, you know, their research, uh, as far as learning about disability also. Um, learning about um, the STEM end of it, and then also learning, you know, how to just basic presentation skills as well. Wow. So the city schools, Syracuse City Schools, are we're really fortunate that they have a lot of career and technical education programs, and you mentioned a couple of them. So Henniger High School has the program for health aides, I believe you said. Yep. And so what was the specific project that they created for you? So, yeah, we were working on... Um, tactile multi-sensory boards um and and it started uh well let's make me pause what is a tactile multi-sensory board so this is going to be something um that'll allow someone um that might need more sensory input to learn um to be able to do that and and um 
So it can be things like practicing with even just basic, like kind of daily living tasks, like zippers, buttons, things like that. Um, even um, as far as just nice tactile feelings. Um, so feeling like something that's a little more coarse versus something that's a little softer um, and, and just getting that input um, in different ways. Uh, so they that kind of input, does that, um, so I'm thinking of kids and we see a lot of fidgets out there that sometimes that fidgeting input or what you're saying, like the tactile mm-hmm. board might help calm a person, help them to self-regulate a little bit. Is that the idea? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one case. Um, also, uh, so we, we gave them kind of a couple different scenarios and, um, and they could, uh, build each, each class built for kind of a different scenario. Um, another one was, uh, for an individual, um, who might, uh, be a little older in life. Um, and has Alzheimer's and is needing to work um, on keeping and maintaining those kind of different uh, different daily living tasks that will help them to stay as independent as long as possible. Right. Um, So that was another uh, case scenario. So a person who's practicing with the buttons and the zippers so they don't lose that Brushing their hair, yep. Um, You know, shaving, things like that. Um, And how to create kind of a a practice board um, that housed a lot of those things where they're able to kind of sit at the table and work on those things. Um, And they got really creative with their, with their, we, we mentioned boards at first. We kind of were thinking as tabletop, um, kind of almost two-dimensional, just a board um, that they would house everything on. But uh, they came back with all these really neat, uh, you know, leave it to kids to think outside the box. Um, right. We love that. Um, and they had these cool three-dimensional things that could transform and build. And, and it was it was a lot of fun. They, they really kind of took it to another um, phase that we didn't even plan on and uh some good ingenuity there and, and creativity that and they these, put into this and these are um, high school students who had no prior exposure to adaptive design or really the disability community you, you gave them a case of a, a child or an yep. older adult with this, a problem and they came up with these solutions that's yeah, amazing so we kind of gave them a, a basic overview of what adaptive design is the approach and why it's important um, and then gave them each class a case study to work from. Wow. Uh, and thank you to our clinicians that, that um, I reached out to uh, that are part of the adaptive design program to give real-world um, case studies that right. really uh, were specific and applied to uh, to this class and what they wanted to achieve. So wow. that was very helpful. And you mentioned a, a second high school, the Institute mm-hmm. of Technology at Central ITC, so they're also going to be getting a project? Yeah, a little different. Um, this is the mechanical and electrical tech program. Uh, okay. So we'll be giving them um, some more STEM-based um, uh, technology kind of related uh, projects. We haven't fully <laughs> come up with those, so we're still working on what exactly they're going to be working on, but it's going to be, it's going to be a fun project. Wow. And all of this work is in connection with MACNI, the Manufacturers Association of Central New York, in terms of developing workforce. Is exactly. that how that ties yep. together? Correct. And what are some of the 
reactions or comments you're getting from these high school students who are getting this exposure for the first time? What are they saying to you? Uh, well, we haven't had a ton of feedback just from the one class really so far, uh, but they really enjoyed it. Um, and they they said this was very different from anything else they've had. Um, a lot of other things are very hypothetical and not hands-on. Um, so they really enjoyed being able to, you know, use not only the brains but their hands um, right. and being able to get a little more creative with, you know, it's not just there's a single answer. Um, to this, like some of the other projects they might have had, um, where it's it's um, they're trying to diagnose um, an illness, possibly, or something like that, where there is one pretty much final answer that they have to come to. Uh, where this, uh, the, the kind of the sky's the limit, it's, it's, there's a lot of different solutions, right. and there's not one specific answer. So it allowed them a little more uh, freedom in, in how they would approach um, a project and, and a, uh, a challenge. Um, right. So, yeah, I think uh, allowed them to use a couple different parts of their brain to uh, that they that they don't always get to use for these different um, case study projects. Uh, so that's they they seem to really enjoy it. Um, hopefully, that continues to be the case, and it's it's exciting stuff because this this is going to be something that they can then apply uh, going into the field. And we're also working with uh, some of the manufacturing uh, companies that that are through Magni, um, that Magni work with. Um, and so we're both working with the students and working with the organizations, and they're sending some of their staff in when they're looking for volunteer opportunities that apply to kind of the work they do as well. Wow. Um, and these people that have these great technical and building skills um, that are then coming back to us and, and lending their hands later on once they're in the field and, and have all these skills they've they've developed um so for instance we just had uh convergent technologies come in and give us a hand it was kind of a last minute reach out uh from them they had another organization that they usually worked with and that that kind of fell through this year i guess and they're looking for a newer program that they wanted to donate their time to and heard about us reached out through macne again um and they came in and and uh, some build some equipment for our workshop um, along with us uh, for about five, six hours uh, last week and had a great time. They were exposed to what adaptive design is. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we, uh, we are also working with uh, a gentleman from uh, SRC um, and, and their engineering uh, firm. So uh, exciting stuff, you know, working with all these different students and and companies in the area um, that kind of are all tied in together and and uh, and now we're kind of right at the center of that so it's, it's pretty fun it, it's it's a lot of fun and I can only think about how you're really changing the perspective of everyone who comes into contact with the program I'm thinking about these high school students who like you said are using a creative part of their brain that they maybe hadn't exercised fully and are being exposed to a, a part of the community maybe they have no direct connection to people with disabilities and they're able to see just the infinite possibilities and these people in the workforce that don't know about our work, don't know about the disability community and mm-hmm. have a skill set and then they come in and they see you and Tracy creating this magic in the workshop with your volunteers and building equipment and i think your latest volunteers 
built you a love seat and chair for the reception waiting area. Yeah, our family waiting area, yeah. Ours was falling apart, and so we decided why not make it out of cardboard. Why so not? We, uh, we have some awesome cardboard couches in there. So check out all the uh, Rise social media if you want to see any pictures of that. Absolutely. And if someone wants to learn more about adaptive design, connect with you, become a part of the community of makers, what should they do? Absolutely. Just reach out. Um, they can reach out through email that's adaptive design at arising.org. Um, they can also give a call if that's easier, 315-671-5104. And happy to chat and figure out how we can get them involved. And and it really is, uh, we started with that. It's, it's a community-based and it's, it's really neat because it's not just the individuals that are receiving items that are benefiting from this, but it's really the whole community. You're making a huge difference in the world, Connor. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise. Support independence.